Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is On The Grill, and I'm your host. My name is Paul from the, app, from the Alpha Instinct. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, at the Alpha Instinct, to stay dialed into the latest podcast news, and you can check out what I'm throwing down next. Now you want, you're going to want to follow my next guest. This Operation Enduring Freedom vet decided to take his hard work approach and start a coffee company that encourages adventure and a healthy dose of caffeine. It doesn't stop there. With every purchase, his company provides a donation to mental health charities and foundations. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner of Invicta Coffee, Spencer. What's going on, Spencer? How's it going, brother? Hey, man. Happy New Year. Uh, you excited to see 2020 in the rearview? Dude, honestly, it was not that bad of a year for me. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of bullshit and it kind of sucked for everybody. But overall, I kind of enjoyed things slowing down a little bit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's a good excuse to not try to go anywhere or... or or, you know, see people, not see people. So, I mean, it works out pretty yeah. good. I yeah, I guess if you're kind of an introvert, it's kind of nice to have an excuse to just not leave your house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> with everything going on in 2020, did you accomplish everything you wanted to? Man, honestly, it was a crazy year for me. I accomplished more than I had set out to. Um, it was kind of just a, another year started. So, all right, let's take it back. So January 2020 was just, you know, going to be an another year, just going to work, doing my thing. Um, my wife was pregnant, so I knew we'd be having a kid. So that was already taking things off to another level. Uh, but then I decided to finally take action on starting Invicta Coffee. Um, so I finally just said, screw it. I'm just going to go for it and did that. So had our baby girl, started Invicta Coffee, which it all worked out because my day job um, had slowed down significantly once COVID happened. So it kind of freed up some of my time to be there and spend some time with my daughter and then also put some time and effort into the whole coffee brand. Sweet. Kind of like a, a little blessing to the skies. It, yeah, it, honestly, it really was. Good timing. Um, you and uh, our other buddy Spencer uh, both shared a baby, a COVID baby. So it's a COVID it, baby. interesting time to, ha to have a baby, but uh, nonetheless. Honestly, well, our, our baby came, uh, she was six weeks early. So she spent 36 days in the, I think it was 36 days in the NICU. Um, so for the first over a month that she was alive, my wife and I couldn't even spend time with her together because they would only allow one of us into the NICU at a time. So it was that, that was pretty rough. But other than that, it was, it was all good. Nice, man. That's, I mean, glad your uh, baby's healthy and everything going on right now. Oh yeah. She's, she's a baller. She's killing it. Sweet, man. Hey, um, with that being said, obviously married, uh, a little baby girl, uh, anything else about yourself? You can tell everyone about yourself. Um, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a normal dude. Uh, when I was 18, graduated high school, left for the army, um, and I joined the army as an infantryman, uh, did a, did a contract with the army, went overseas in 2000 and let's see, it was 2013 and 14. Uh, I was in Afghanistan, came back, got married, got out doing the whole dad thing now. Um, so yeah, just, just a normal dude doing normal things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal things. Just just working a day job, starting a couple companies, and 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 kicking ass. Yeah, just living life, you know. <laughs> yeah, take advantage of it. Um, you seem like a pretty ambitious person. Uh, do you set yourself some goals for the first of the year? Or are you just a go getter throughout the year? You know, I I don't really like cliches that much. Like, I'm not really a um, New Year's resolution kind of guy. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I'll set like the beginning of the year, I'll, I'll have a couple things that I really want to focus on throughout the year, but I'm so ADD that like my goals are changing literally every single fucking day. It's like, yeah. 
I if something that if something randomly pops up that interests me, I just immediately start going after it. And I'm like, oh, what can I find out about this? What can I, you know, I just I dive into it. And so like one year, January 1st, I'll be doing one thing. And then two months later, I'll find something else that interests me. And I'm just going to like for so my day job right now is welding. Yeah. Uh, so I, I weld on I weld for a caterpillar. And uh, so shortly after I got out of the military, I was in the fitness industry because I was just what I did when I got out, you know, I was yoked and I was really good at that stuff. You had to get rid of everything. Yeah, I was just I was a beast. And um, one day I literally woke up. I was tired of that industry. I woke up and I was like, you know, it sounds kind of cool because I love working with my hands. I love hard work and I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, welding sounds kind of cool. So I just like, you know, looked looked into it a little bit. And next thing you know, I'm going to school for it. And then I get a job with Caterpillar and here I am. <laughs> great, man. It's a great career, rewarding career, working your hands. Like I said, yeah, someone with ADD or someone that needs to be doing something. Uh, I'm a blue collar guy. I'm a lineman. So, I mean, I, I get it. You know, yeah. putting that, putting that, 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 making that muscle, um, getting the hustle with a muscle and, and definitely getting your, your hands dirty. So it's a good trade. Uh, college isn't for everyone, but. Uh, Dude, I wish, you know, honestly, I wish more people would. I mean, at the same time, I don't wish more people get into it because that just makes more demand for people that are already doing it. So you get paid more. But I mean, I wish more schools would push trade work because I mean, I don't want to do it forever. But I mean, it's a great living, you know, and then people are just kind of like above it. And they're like, they don't want to do it because, you know, they'd rather try and become a, you know, I don't even know, like a YouTube star. Like, oh, I'm going to go to college and come out making 150 grand a year. It's just I think I wish more people would get into trades, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, aging myself, I'm 36, but growing up, it was more like go to school, get education, get education, get a job and retire. Right. And uh, like I said, and, and people really didn't want to look at blue collar jobs as, as a means of, of, of providing for yourself. It wasn't it wasn't what society provided uh, to, to, to push. Right. Um, come to find out, you know, they're, they're pretty stable jobs and they pay well. And like you said, the demand is 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 growing. And uh, if there's if you cannot supply the demand, our, our rate goes up and right. our, our, uh, we stay busy. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, work has slowed down drastically for us, but you know, no one at my company has got laid off. We're all doing okay. Still working full 40 hour weeks, if not more. And life, life is good, you know? Sweet, man. Hey, providing for that, that beautiful family yours. So it's good. And, uh, sounds like it's allowing you to have some freedom with, uh, uh, your coffee company, which we'll get into later. But first, I want to get into uh, your military ba- military background. Uh, first of all, thank you for your service. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about that. Appreciate uh, you, man. Me too. Yeah, for, absolutely. Uh, you served in the Army. Um, <clears throat> yes, more, sir. More specifically, you, uh, you were part of the 1st Cavalry Division, one of the most uh, honored uh, divisions in all the military. Uh, actually, I say the Army, but uh, in all <laughs> aspects. Uh, before we get yeah, before we get into that, though, uh, why did you exactly join the Army? Was this always something you wanted to do? Uh, were you forced to do this? Uh, take, take me through that. Um, honestly, dude, like I wanted to I wanted to join the military ever since, honestly, ever since I could remember, um, ever since I was a little kid. Like I there was never I never had any plans of going to college, never had any plans of doing. I never took my SATs, never did any of that. Um, I just I always just just knew it was what I was going to do. Like, honestly, nothing else even registered in my, in my mind. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, ever since I was a little kid, maybe, I don't know. I mean, as far back as my memory goes, it's all I wanted to do. Dude, I can resonate with that 
question so much, and, and most of these military questions are, are me speaking out uh, from, from a deep part that I have because obviously I served uh, not in the Army but in the Navy. But it's always a good question to ask, like, um, why? And for you, like you said, I grew up wanting to join the Army. I wanted, or not the Army, but in the military. Uh, true behold, I wanted, I was going to join the Marines and uh, I chose to draw, draw, join the Navy at the end. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good idea. Uh, but it, it's like you, I never took my SATs. I took the ASVAB and that was it. And I was good to go. And by my senior year, I was, I was chilling. I was like, I, I know my future. Right. So, uh, it was good. Um, my parents could tell you by the age of eight, I knew I was going to join the service. So it was That's uh, funny. My mom always tells me, I don't remember this at all. Um, I think I was in maybe th- I guess I was in third grade, but I guess after 9-11 happened, um, my mom always reminds me of this. She's like, you know, once after 9-11, once after 9/11 happened, I remember you, once we found out, like, you know, it was terrorists or whatever. And, you know, obviously we could speculate on that, but whatever. My mom said, you said that someday when I get older, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to kill those bad guys. <laughs> yeah. I was in like third grade or something. I don't remember saying that, but I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, and that could speak. Uh, a lot and it's a good motivation and that's the kind of young men and, and women that it takes to 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 step up and 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 volunteer pretty much uh yeah, yeah. Uh, i want, want to ask you about something i know something was very emotional for me and i, I want to talk to ask you about it do you remember the day you swore in the day you're standing there for the navy it was a little different it was it was actually a, it's a nice room uh there's a there's a high-ranking enlisted uh person at the at this swearing for me but they had a flag and they play some, they play some music and they gave a good speech. And I couldn't remember, remember getting my neck hairs to stand up. And this doesn't happen very often to me, but I remember it was just an overwhelming experience. Do you, do you remember this as well? Or was it not as cool in the army? I don't remember if they played music or not, but I do, I do remember swearing in. Yeah. And it was, I mean, yeah, it was, a, I was, I was with one of my best friends at the time we joined together um, and we were, two peas in a pod. So we never really took anything really that seriously. Um, but I do remember going there. We went to Boston and that's where we did it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a pretty gnarly experience. You kind of, you kind of left that place feeling like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, this is it. This Let's is, go. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very honorable experience. It's kind of like, I mean, as a young, did you join when you were 18? Uh, yeah, I was 18 years old, right? At, uh, the summer after high school. Um, and that was just because that was as quick as I could get in. Right. I, 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 I went to boot camp 911. Uh, was it 2001, uh, 2002? Uh, so year, year anniversary it was in the paper. It was, it was highlighted, uh, a son to serve, they called it, uh, highlighting the, uh, the remembrance of 911. So it, it was oh, pretty yeah. big. That is, that's, that's awesome. But I mean, yeah, like as, as a young man, you know, being an 18 year old going and doing something like swearing your allegiance and your life literally over to the armed forces to the government it's like it's a big deal you know yeah it is and it, it meant a lot to me then and it means more to me now uh i'm, I'm more proud of it ever to say i served it and I, uh, you uh, you look the same way just uh red wine blue coming out of our, our blood here so that's awesome. oh, yeah, 100 for sure uh how was boot camp for you oh boy um so I don't know if you're familiar with it since you were in the Navy, but um, so Army Army boot camp is a very standard boot camp considered. Um, you know, it's pretty much the same as any other branch. But I was infantry, and so infantry goes through a completely different process. So it's called OSUT, 
And basically what you do is it's, it's basically 16 weeks of boot camp instead of eight. But what they call it is eight weeks of boot camp and then eight weeks of infantry training. But you still stay in the same barracks. You have the same drill sergeants. You go through the same bullshit. There's just more tactical training involved. So it was pretty intense. I'm not going to lie because I didn't know any of that going in. The way my recruiter explained it to me was any – he basically said it was like any other military MLS where you go to boot camp for eight weeks and then you go to your training and learn your job. But it, he didn't explain that like it was, you stayed in the same place and had the same drill sergeant and basically just went through boot camp for 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean – it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was hard, but at being a young man at the age of 18, it was at up to that point in my life, it was the most challenging thing I'd ever done. Sure. Absolutely. And you're in a different environment and I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into, but the reality of it is this is it. This is your new reality. You're on your own. It's time to man up and, and, you know, and, and live up to, to what you've always wanted to do. So, right. I mean, I think honestly, I mean this, I don't really think this should be a thing because it'd be very anti-freedom but i think every single man boy should be required to do at least one or two years in the military i just think it is so healthy for young men to be in an environment like that where you're just forced to release the beast inside you know dude that is hilarious i say the same thing and i i'm kind of like where you're kind of like i i don't push it on anyone but if anyone's like hey what should i do join the military dude, for sure you know absolutely so that that's cool that you and this is this is why I wanted to have you on because I just I could feel it. Um, <laughs> uh, why the why the first cavalry? What what happened there? So Did I didn't you? get to choose where I got stationed. Uh-huh. Um, so when I when I first joined, um, I was extremely extremely motivated. Like I had plans of going either Ranger Battalion or SF. Like I was dead set on doing one of those two things: Ranger Battalion, go to Rasping, go to Ranger Battalion. Or go to selection for SF. Um, so I get done with infantry training. Um, and then, I don't know, towards the end of that training um, pipeline, they tell you where you're going to be stationed. And so they're like, okay, hey, you know, you're going to uh, Fort Hood in Texas, you're, which you didn't, I didn't know I was going to be in First Cavalry. It just says Fort Hood, Texas, is all it says. Um, so then you go to Fort Hood and then you find out, okay, you're going to be in First Cavalry. There's a couple other units there, but. I honestly couldn't even tell you what they are. Um, And so you get there and I mean, obviously as soon as I got to first cavalry, it wasn't like, Oh man, okay. I'm ready to get out of here and go to selection for SF. I was kind of like, okay, let's play this out. You know, I'll do my first contract. And then once my first contract is up, I'll, I'll see where the army takes me. Um, But, you know, I did a deployment with first cav and came back and you know like i said i ended up getting married i kind of had a bad attitude when i came back from deployment um and you know i was still pretty young i was 20 21 let me think 21 or 22 and you know looking back obviously hindsight is 2020 but you know i was just convinced myself that the grass is greener and decided to get out instead yeah yeah no and and it serves its purpose so you end up doing four years yeah yeah All right, perfect same same with me and, and like i said grass is always greener you think it's better uh i say my personal opinion about it is if you're gonna do either do four or you do 20 so right there's there's there should be no in between i know people want to buy some more time and have more goals hey more more to it but uh if you join when you're 18 i'd be i'm about to turn 37 
you know, I'd be a year away from re- getting a pension from uh, the military at 20 years. So I know, dude, I keep saying that to myself now. I'm like, shit, I'd be halfway to retirement already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I still feel good. And, and there's a lot, a lot of life left to live. But yeah. Uh, all right, man. So how many deployments you ended up doing? You did one or two? Or- I just, yeah, it was Afghanistan. Uh, I landed in Afghanistan on July 4th, actually, in oh, 2013. Yeah. And you were in Afghanistan, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did how'd that go? I mean, you're, you're bam, Afghanistan in the, in the thick of it. You're, you're right in the middle of everything. <sighs> Dude, I honestly, like I, I fucking loved it. It was the best experience of my life. And if, if I hadn't, I probably would have reenlisted if I hadn't ended up going. Cause I mean, I, that's, that's why I joined, you know, I wanted to go over there. Um, it was, it's kind of hard to explain, honestly. Um, it was super fun. Um, the experiences and the bonds that you created and made while you were over there are something that just like can't be replicated. And at the same time, it was the worst nine months of my life and I would never do it again. Right. <laughs> right. That's but yeah, I remember. So, uh, so we landed in, I'm trying to remember like all these names and acronyms and shit. Um, so we landed in Bagram, Bagram Air Force Base, Bath, on 4th of July. We were there for, shit, it could have been two or three days. It could have been two or three weeks. I don't remember. Um, and then we ended up flying out to this bumfuck middle of nowhere fob out in, the, out in uh, I don't even remember what it was. It was called Airborne. I think it was called Airborne, Fob Airborne. <laughs> and it's just like on the side of a mountain, just a complete shithole. And that's when you kind of realize like, okay, we're like, we're really doing this. <laughs> yeah. Big time. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. I seen on your personal page, um, you have some pictures of you, like uh, the verbiage might be wrong, but you're like next to a, um, a Humvee. looks like you're just kind of walking with a convoy or something. And, and you're just kind of like, you're fully, you know, rifle in hand and, and you're ready to go. I mean, it's, you're, Oh yeah, we were stoked every time we went out on a mission or out on a patrol. We were just like, "Let's do this." <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were some things you you missed? Uh, I know, I know. For me, I just wanted to get in the car and just drive and just go grab food. It was just like, oh, like coming back stateside. Yeah, like when you're you said a nine month deployment. When you're like five months in, what do you, what do you like? I I just want something. You remember? You remember anything about that? Honestly. Uh... <laughs> Food was definitely a big one, just like oh, yeah. normal American food. Um, <laughs> the, the fob we were on was run by the Polish. Um, so there were a lot of Polish people there and they just basically ate sausages every day. Oh, and we ate whatever they ate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or, sorry, it's called, what is it called? Sauerkraut or whatever it is. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it was good, but I was just like, God, the things I would do right now for just like a Burger King burger or something like that. Um, but honestly also like tobacco, um, cause I was a huge, I used to, uh, dip a lot when I was in the army, yeah. a little bit. Um, but they had like this bullshit dip that you could get at the bazaars and it was just, ugh, it was horrible. I was like, man, I would just kill for just some juicy Copenhagen right now. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, 
I don't it's something about the military and dip. Uh, that was my first dip experience. I almost threw up, but that's another story. But uh, oh, yeah, you're dipping energy drinks. It's all that's what you run on. <laughs> yeah, no sleep, a lot of working out, and uh, oh, yeah. bad, bad food. Actually, Navy was nice. We had we had nice warm food, but uh, come to find out, that stuff's not very good for you. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, had, I, mean, I was just like I was I was totally immersed in the entire experience. I didn't. I tried not to. Honestly, I tried not to think about home that much. If if I missed one thing, it was probably honestly just having sex. That was probably what I missed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little nine months, long time. A it's long a long, long time, especially as a young man like that, where you're just like pumping with testosterone. It is. I mean, you're you're pretty much distracted all the time, so you really don't think about it as much as you think you would. Like, like from the outside looking in, you'd probably think that's all you're thinking about. But honestly, most of the time it was, you're so distracted by other things. You really don't think about it all that much, but yeah, it was yeah. a long time to go as a young man without getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. Especially being, uh, just surrounded in a war zone with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Just the aggression and the amount of testosterone. It's just, it's unreal. It's, it's a wild, wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, knowing what you know now, what would you have done different about your time served? I would have stayed in. Um, I would I would have gone to either RASP or Selection when I got back from deployment. Instead of, um, I'm the kind of person where I, when I when I decide something, it's very very hard to change my mind. Like I'm very hard headed, and when I got back from deployment, I I kind of just had a bad attitude. I was kind of fed up with my leadership. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get out. Fuck this. When in reality, it really wasn't that bad. And I deep down, I still really wanted to go to a tier one unit. It's what I'd always wanted to done or wanted to do. And I just convinced myself that it was way worse than it really was. Um, my wife had moved out there. We got married really quick. So I was dealing with that, you know, just kind of adjusting to being married now and um, yeah, I, I would have stayed in and, and done what I really wanted to do, which was go, go to a more elite unit. No, yeah, right on. Yeah. And you've you seen the natural progression. Like you said, first caliber is great. Uh, one of the most honored, uh, divisions in the army, uh, uh great brotherhood, uh, sir, you know, it's a lifelong brotherhood once you, once you're in Oh but yeah. to make that natural progression in it and want to do more and, and better yourself. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and especially like you said, we're just, you're just a driven individual and those are the type of people you need to take the stand and, 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 and progress and, and, and be the, be the forefront of, 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 of protecting our country and serving. So. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a dwindling number of young men and women that are willing to do that, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of decades. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's my next question. Uh, I feel like as a country, from a certain standpoint, we have lost a certain sense of pride on what it means to be proud to be an American. We're missing the uni unity and the strength of being the home of the free because of the brave. Uh, with that being said, how does it make you feel to see us as a country so divided? Uh, and this is a country you and I stood up for. Uh, we volunteered and we were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. And here we are now where, uh, you know, you and I can obviously think back to 9-11. We, we were just fired up and just, it was one of the more time, one of the times I can remember that the country was just ready to go. Yeah. You know, I've heard, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that nine 11 was the last time that this country was really, uh, united together. Um, I don't, I don't think, um, 
man, I could talk about this question all night long and just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm, I don't know if I'm smart enough to, to speculate on this, but I do definitely have my opinion. So obviously take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, I definitely don't think that there's a shortage of patriotic young men and women out there. I think they're, I think the media likes to exploit the bad rather than the good. Um, I, I, I think there's still many, many, many very patriotic men and women out there, including young men and women out there that are willing to do what needs to be done in order to preserve our freedom. But also, I, I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to see the effect that I don't know if it's the education system. I don't know if it's parenting. I don't know what it is. But just the degrading bullshit that is just kind of affecting these kids to think that America is this place of oppression and hatred and all this negative stuff, when in reality, that's not what it is at all. Um, and it, it drives me crazy to see this, just these, these kids that have no idea what they're talking about. They've never even left their hometown and they, they think they have it all figured out and know all the answers to all these problems in the world. And they're the first ones to shit on the American flag. And it's, just, it's, it's mind boggling. And I, I mean, I could talk about this all night, but it's just, I don't think that it's as bad as the media portrays it to be, but it's definitely worse than it used to be. And especially from a veteran like yourself, who's come from Afghanistan and seen what uh, a, a place that's at war and divided and uh, i got to see some third world, third world countries i'm not a combat veteran i did not have to uh endure that um so i can't speak on that but i did see th third world countries that are oppressed and that don't have the freedoms like we have so like i said it's a it's a little it's a little disturbing when you see people make these accusations that we that we're not what we think you you are like this is this is America, the United States. This was built on on young men and women volunteering at a young age to go protect and to serve and 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 defend our our freedoms. So uh, I'm with you. It's it's a very triggering question. I had to ask it. Uh, uh, thank you for your honest answer. I think it was what was it? Might have been JFK or Ronald Reagan. I forget who said it. That freedom is only one generation away from extinction or whatever. I, mean, I probably butchered that quote, but I mean you're totally right. Like honestly, you're in Southern Cali, right? Yep. Yep. All you got to do is drive down to Mexico and see what, how great it is here in America. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's ridiculous, you know? I mean, it's like, yeah, again, America is not a perfect place and it never will be. Nowhere will ever be a perfect place. But if there's anywhere in the world that's damn near close, it's America. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful place. I, I think we need to come together and, and bring it back to the, to the top of the the tip of the sword. Uh, right. so, you know. uh, last question for you um, for regarding the subject. Uh, your daughter turns 18 years old, says, dad, I'm ready to join the military. What are you saying? Oh, dude, I hope she wants to join the military. Honestly. Right on. You're just getting to give her all the advice. Just let her do it. Huh? I, I've told my wife this before. I'm like, honestly, if like, obviously I will, I will not persuade her. Okay, maybe I'll persuade her, but I'm not going to force her to do anything she doesn't want to do. But I was like, if I could pick the ideal life for my daughter, <clears throat> excuse me, I would, I mean, I'm assuming she's probably going to be a lot smarter than I am if she's like her mom. Um, and so if she could end up 
wanting to go to like the Air Force Academy or Naval Academy or something like that and be an officer in the military, even though I wasn't a huge fan of officers. But anyway, I mean, that would be like, I would be so proud. That would be the best thing I could ever wish upon her. Because I mean, that's just, that's uh, just initial, that's a stepping stone in almost guaranteed success, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I was uh, probably like yourself too. I was able to use my GI bill, pay, pay for my apprenticeship, um, join a trade, uh, bought a house, put zero down with the VA home loan. It's, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's paid for itself. My yeah. education was paid for. It, it, you make pennies to the dollar in, I mean, in the military, there's, there's no money in it. Uh, but but yeah, that's not what you're doing, you know, I'm what you're doing it for, but yeah, but the, you, you do your time and, and you get out if that's what you choose to do. And there's some good little perks and, uh, I, I have everything I wanted for and more. So, Oh yeah, dude, the ben- the benefits from, I mean, honestly, at this point, once people kind of finally catch on a lot of the people I served with, that was why they joined because they would get free college out of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when like me and a few of my buddies, like we we didn't even think we were going to use our GI bill. We just wanted to go and fuck shit up, you know? <laughs> and when we get out, and I, I thank God that, you know, I actually got those benefits because, you know, I've, I've used them for multiple things now. And I go to school for this or that, whatever interests me, I'll go to school for it and learn how to do it. Uh, you know, we same thing. We bought our house, zero money down. And, you know, we're all of our friends who are around the same age as us, you know, they're starting to buy houses, starting to have kids. And my wife works in the mortgage industry. So naturally, everybody always asks her questions about buying a house. And, you know, it always comes up that we used a VA loan, didn't put any money down. And everyone's always like, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like, yeah, dude, the military is not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I could imagine saving 20 or 30 grand to throw down in a house. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> You know what's crazy is I made money back. They paid off some bills and I bought my house. So it was cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's advice I give any, anyone who tells me they're going to join the military. I say, look, keep tracking your medical records. Uh, that's a big thing. And use your benefits. Understand your benefits. Other than that, the rest is going to fall into place. And a uh, big thing is get a mentor. Find a mentor. Ask a question. Ask an older uh, you know, veteran. Uh, not, well, that's about Yeah, either a veteran or someone in the military. To help you out, um, I, I I lacked a, a good mentor uh, for the first two years, and I was a little lost. But um, I made a lifelong friend, a mentor. I still talk to him this day, and he helped me out a lot. So, yeah, you can't. If anybody's listening to this, that's thinking about joining the military. Do not get stuck with a group of guys or girls that is just negative all the time because it will ruin your career. Absolutely, yeah, and and that that in life too. Yeah, well, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, man, thank you for your service once again. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing some of that information. Um, awesome. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Awesome stories. Uh, want to get to the next subject kind of rolls into that. Uh, guns, uh, following your business and personal page. It's clear you have a passion for all things guns. Uh, looks like you started another business involving guns. I, I seen an Instagram coming out of this. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I'm not really sure where I'm going to go with it yet, if I'm being completely honest, but it's, it's going to be something cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with guns. Absolutely. Uh, did the passion from guns, uh, was this uh, born in the military? Are you always had an interest of, uh, of being, uh, being all things guns here? Oh, no, I've always liked guns. You know, I, I grew up in, um, in New Hampshire. Uh, so, you know, we were growing up in the woods. We always had guns, toy guns, really little. And then when we were honestly still pretty little, my dad, you know, introduced real guns and we were always shooting shit. And then once I got into the military, obviously as an infantryman, I got to fuck around with every kind of gun under the sun. Um, and then when I when I initially got out of the military, I kind of 
obviously I, I always had guns. Um, but, you know, for the first few couple of years out of the military, I'd had really zero interest in it at all, just because I had spent the last few years of my life with one literally attached to my hip. Um, so I got out and it was kind of just nice to be free of that responsibility. Um, and so just within the last year or so, I've really started to get back into it. Do you think you had to put the gun down, to, so to speak, just to kind of separate yourself and maybe train your mind to become a civil, civilian? Um, transition, well, I guess. Well, that might have had something to do with it. Yeah. What What was your first gun? My first gun that I owned personally? Yeah, personally. Oh, geez. I don't even know. Um, when I graduated high school, my dad had given me a Beretta 9 mil. Nice. Yeah, military edition Beretta 9 mil that he had never shot before, but he'd had for a while. And I always thought it was the coolest thing ever. And he gave it to me when I uh, graduated high school. What's your collection up to now? Like number wise? Yeah. I don't have any guns. I lost them all. They all got stolen. I don't know what you're talking about. Perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm taking all your guns except for one. Which one are you keeping? Oh, geez. That's a hard question. You can only have one. Oh, God. You're killing me. I um, I'd probably say I've got some really high-speed, badass guns. But honestly, if I had to keep one, it'd probably be my dad's Colt 45 that I have. Just because it was your dad's? Or, yeah. Or... Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of sentimental value towards anything in life, but I, I don't think I could ever get rid of that gun. That's awesome. Is it, it's uh, the plate, like the plated kind and it's just shiny? It's a 1911. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a badass, badass 45. Nice. Nice. I want to show once i don't want to dirty it up too much so <laughs> yeah, sure. uh you do any of your own reloading you know i i don't at the moment but obviously with the, this year being as crazy as it's been i've really started looking into getting into it just because of ammo prices skyrocketing um I, I've, I've done a lot of research on it i'm thinking about getting into it yeah uh, it's definitely there's value in there and like i said ammo price it's hard uh california's hard uh, especially in California, I can't even imagine what the fuck you guys are dealing with. Yeah, it's it's nuts, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to go down anytime soon. Um, well, I especially think... when Biden gets in there, who knows what's going to happen after that? Because I know they're they're real big on the whole gun control thing, so we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, for sure, and it's been. Um, I know gun stores love panic; they love chaos because it it's drives it drives gun value and, and ammo prices. They could skyrocket. People are going to pay for it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think more people, I think, I think there was like a 200 plus percent increase in gun purchases in America this year. Insane. Yeah, it's wild. And you see a lot of people, uh, I think we've seen this year, we've seen a lot of people who were not pro gun say I should pipe buy a gun. And, yeah. and they realize that, okay, this is not a bad idea to have one. So, right. I mean, it's, you know, it's, <sighs> This is another topic I could talk about all night, but I mean, it's people, my dad always used to say, it's like, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I think that's what people realized this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's even with my wife, it's, it's a matter of, uh, her not being scared and just respect a gun. And we ended up buying her one of her own and she loves it. And it's, it's, a it's cool. 
Uh, I mean, no, no, she doesn't have. We don't have guns. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you also know about an accident. We don't have guns. We have knives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just went out, I went out shooting earlier with my wife. Um, I mean, she's she's never been. She grew up in New Hampshire as well. You know, she grew up in a a rural area like me, and you know, she's always been around guns. But you know, obviously, she's never been into it. Um, but with everything going on this past year, I was like, I'm especially because I, I work at night, um, so I'm not home at night. And especially now with the baby, you know, I was like, I'm getting you a gun. We're going to go out training and you're going to be confident and comfortable with this gun. And that's how it's going to be. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's a good idea. And, uh, you know, my wife and I went through a little scenario in the house, like what, what would happen, where to, where to line up. And, and, you know, um, we played it out as, as cheesy as it may sound, but you never, you never know, you know, exactly, man. It's like, if, cause <laughs> When people think of something going down, they think of like how it happens in the movies. When in reality, that is not how it goes down. It yeah. is not going to play out like that. And you are going to be fumble fucking around. And if you're not prepared and you have no idea what you're doing, you're screwed. Yeah. There's, but there's a uh, bone chilling sound of a shotgun cocking that could scare the shit out of someone. So that's always a good. Uh... That is very true. Yes, that is an accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> very nice sound. Uh, all right. Another question. Uh, zombie apocalypse starts now. You, you got to grab your, your baby and, and your wife in a bug out bag. You can only carry a couple guns. You know, what, what are you, what are you grabbing? Well, definitely a shotgun for sure. Just for practicality, having a shotgun is probably necessary. You said two gun? Whatever, you, whatever you're going to, you have your bag. Uh, you're gonna have your wife in your hand, probably your baby. So it may, yeah, we'll give you two guns. Well, I guess I would just take a shotgun and probably one of my ARs that has a more powerful scope on it so I could shoot from further further ranges more accurately. Good call. And do you believe a little bit about uh, taking gun? I've always thought about, and I encourage my wife to buy uh, a gun that ha- takes ammo that's readily available from law enforcement and military uh, in, a, in, a, in a shit hits the fan uh scenario like there's going to be dead bodies and 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 ammo hopefully maybe laying on the ground and you want to make sure that you have the 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 gun for it is is there any value to that you think i oh yeah 100 percent. that's why uh it's funny in the past couple months i've bought a couple new 556 ars and my buddy um the one i was talking about earlier that joined the army with me he lives up in montana now but he messaged me he's like why do you keep getting the same caliber and I was like, because it's easy to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, right now, it's not easy to get. But I was like, when shit hits the fan, it's the most common round you can get for a rifle. So, you know, I'm not going to get some weird caliber rifle where, you know, it's like if shit hits the fan, I'm not going to be able to find anywhere because nobody has it. That is so true. And it's, it's a point I don't think people really take in consideration that in a scenario where nothing's going right, you right. have something that there's a dead national guardsman right there grab grab what he has you know or, or something nine mil and five five six man nine mil and five five six actually i don't i don't even know what law enforcement uses honestly do they use 45 or 40 or nine mil? Uh, i, I want to say I'm, I'm a brother-in-law's military or uh, law enforcement i should ask him uh, i want to say 40 so oh yeah i'll say that sounds familiar, more familiar as they use 40 but yeah yeah either way, either way you're good and uh, i i want to pick up I want to like pick up like our buddy Spencer, uh, uh, a bow and a bow and arrow. I think something oh, yeah. happens. It's a good a good skill to have too. Oh yeah, I got my I got my Hoya out in the garage. I would for sure bring that. Yeah, yeah, and 
I mean, uh, in a jam, it's in a pinch, it's going to be, it could be, you know, a lifesaver and just to reuse it. Yeah. Yeah. To hunt, not waste ammo. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, trade to have. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely glad I know how to shoot a compound bow. No, that's a big time, big, big time. I, I, I have no, I, I want to learn how to, uh, uh, de-skin and I need to get into butchering, especially with, uh, yeah. uh something I, I'm not familiar with, but it, I'd like to get, like to get into it more. Uh, it's a very interesting process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an art and, uh, there's going to be, you can mess up some, some good meat and uh, definitely at, at any point you definitely want to take that meat very serious and it's it's going to be your, your means of survival at some point. So, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, especially, I mean, let's say we're not talking about the apocalypse just in everyday life. If you're going hunting, it's, you want to make sure, cause you know, you're, you're harvesting that animal, you know, so you want to be more ethical about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get out that thing as you can. Yeah. And that's what, uh, uh, I feel bad for hunters cause they get the, the bad rap, but it's like, it's most of them are most, the most ethically and nature aware people that you can meet. And, um, it, it's not easy taking the life of anything, but, um, if it's you or me, people talk shit because they, they're ignorant. They don't understand the process. If it weren't for hunters, conservation literally wouldn't exist. <laughs> yep. Yep. And hunters are, are quick to donate uh, money to preservation, uh, campaigns, or, uh, they're the first to pay their tags and they always want to do stuff by the book. They really have no problem with Rangers. You get these yahoos that are, are, are out there, not during the season, not, you know, not abiding by the rules, not picking up their trash. Those are the guys right? bad for everyone. So yeah, dude, hunters literally fund net, like basically all of the like national park money and all the money that goes to the, I mean, everything. Yep. conservation organizations it all comes i mean wildlife habit habitats and all that stuff it all comes from hunters the the amount of game wardens we have here it's i think the the county that is north of me san Bernardino county it's like the largest landmass county there's only like two wardens it's amazing it's unreal and they make forty thousand dollars good joke it's it's I could be, I could be wrong with, I'm sure not. it's pretty close. They make pennies, you know, yeah. and, and it's a big job and it's, it's underfunded. It's, it's all that land to navigate and observe and, uh, uh you know, keep track of. And yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I know people think Southern California, they think cities and, and yeah, we got that, but there's outside of those cities, there's desert, there's mountains. It's some good, uh, it's some good land. So yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously I, this is a no brainer, but, uh, when your daughter gets of age, are you teaching her how to handle guns, having the basic understanding of guns? This is something to pass down to the little one. Absolutely. 100%. It's not an option, Absolutely. whether she likes it or not. <laughs> That's cool. But I mean, you're obviously surrounded by guns. So in a good way, so it, it, I'm sure it comes with the territory. She's going to understand it and be comfortable around them. So. Right. I mean, I have a huge gun safe in the garage and I keep most of them away, but I mean, you know, sometimes I leave them out when I'm cleaning them or whatever it is. And there's no way I'm going to have a little one walking around and not understanding the severity of what could go wrong if you fuck with it, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's what we should all have is understanding and a knowledge of what, 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 what's that should be used for when to use it. So more people need to understand the personal responsibility of owning a firearm. Right on. Well said. Uh, two second amendment all the way. 
Uh, all right, man. Let's get into uh, the big, the big, the big cheese here. Uh, Invicta Coffee Co. Uh, obviously, you are the owner, CEO, if you will. Uh, why a coffee company? Why not just let Starbucks and uh, Black Rifle just just flood the market? <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk smack on either of those companies because I love them both, Black Rifle more so than Starbucks. Starbucks is kind of just if I literally am in a pinch and need some coffee. But <laughs> um, I always wanted to. Okay, not always. For the last, I'd say probably five five years, um, I've wanted to start a coffee company. And if I'm being completely honest, I really don't have an answer as to why. I just always wanted to do it. Um, and this was before I even knew Black Rifle Coffee was even a thing. Um, and I, I love Black Rifle. I, I'll still drink Black Rifle Coffee. I have a million of their shirts, and I think they're a badass brand for sure. Um, so I, I always wanted to start a coffee company, again, not always, for like probably the past five or six years. Um, me and my buddy talked about starting one probably three or four years back. It kind of flopped. We never really got that serious about it. And then last year, uh, my dad passed away. And something about my dad passing away kind of pushed me over the limit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever it is that I want to fucking do. I don't care what it takes. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And I kind of had a purpose now. So uh, my dad ended up killing himself. And so I was like, I'm going to start a coffee company and I'm going to use that coffee company as a way to raise money for mental health charities and foundations. So I kind of, I, now I had a purpose behind doing it. So it kind of drove me to actually take action on starting it. Absolutely. And that was a question I was going to lead into. Uh, I'll get back to that question. Um, so obviously you said you launched Invicta this, this past year. Uh, mm-hmm. How, what, what was the, so obviously your father passing, you taking the initiative to say, this is something, anything that comes in my mind, I want to do it. Life is short. Life is beautiful. Might as well just fall. If you fail, fall, fail forward. Like they say, uh, you, you found something that you wanted to do and you're doing it. But what was that final thing that said, all right, today, this is going to happen. Whew, that's a tough question, man. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. My wife could probably answer that question. Um, I don't really remember. I think I had talked about it for a couple days. It was probably less than six months after my dad had passed away. And that's kind of what I'll do. I'll like, I'll, I'll talk about things like, oh, this would be kind of interesting. And I'll poke it, poke around with the idea for a couple of days. And then I think finally one day, I mean, that's how I do everything in my life, honestly. Like I just, there's really no defining moment that I was like, this is okay. You know, X, Y, and Z happened. I'm going to go do this. It was kind of just like, okay, you know what? I've made up my mind just from self-reflection or just thinking about it long enough. I'm just going to go do it. Absolutely. No, it's, it's great. And, uh, this country was built on young men and women volunteering for, for, uh, I feel like joining the service and this, this country thrives on capitalism as far as, uh, people being driven like yourself and taking a chance, investing their money in, into themselves and, and, and going for shooting for a goal, you know, and, and hard work, you know, it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy starting a company. So it's, 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 it's actually very hard and, you know, I love capitalism, dude. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, you pulled the trigger. It's awesome. 
Right. Just whatever you want to do, just do it. Just do it. Not, yeah. What are you going to do? What's the worst going to happen? Right. You fail? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Everyone can laugh at you. Cool. Yeah. Join, join, join the club. Fuck them too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, why Invicta? What's Invicta mean to you? Um, so once I finally realized what my defining purpose for the company was going to be, and that was going to be to donate money to mental health, um, I was trying to think of a name for the brand that kind of like resonated with that purpose. And so I was, I wanted to be something cool, not something that was just like kind of bland and boring, something that would stick out. And I always loved the Latin language. I think it's like the coolest thing ever, just like the way their words are pronounced and the way they look and everything. And um, so I came across the word Invicta, which meant unconquered. And so I was like, okay, well, that's kind of fits what I'm going for here. Um, and so I just rolled with it. Nice. Oh, yeah. And the Latin uh, language is beautiful. And like I said, there's always catchphrases that just kind of stick. So it, it's great. Uh, the, the vibe you got going, the, the flow you got going is on your Instagram page is awesome. And, and thankfully, I've been a part of that, uh, uh, helping, helping creating some content. Um, yeah, dude, you guys uh, can rock. You're killing it. Yeah, Spencer and myself. Uh, cool story is uh, Victor Coffee is a proud sponsor of the Potty Mouth Podcast. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a good time and uh, it's a great company to stand behind. Um, how did you just, how did you decide on the blends? You have the Maverick and the Nomad. I'm a fan of both. Uh, if I had to choose one, and I choose the I choose the Maverick just because I love the butter coffee and I, I go Nomad, I go uh, black. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, but how did you go? How did you decide on these two? So it's kind of an interesting story. Um, so the roaster I use, um, there's a roaster here in Scottsdale um, that is a really badass roaster. They just have the best quality and quantity of coffee around. Um, like, uh, do you, are you familiar with press coffee shops? I don't know if those are in Southern California or if they're just here. Um, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. So like the, the roaster I use provides press with all of their coffee. Um so they're they're a pretty big time big time roaster. Like they provide a they provide coffee for a lot of different companies. Um but I went in there and like, you know, initially before I started it, I was just, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about starting a brand, like how would this work? Like how does this whole process work? And they just have hundreds of just different kinds of single origin beans blends you know just different coffees from all over the world and you they just let you just try them you know and i was like oh man i really like this one i really like this one and so on and so forth and you basically just mix and match and choose which ones you like which ones you don't like and so honestly the coffee that you taste from invicta is just coffee that i really like <laughs> oh it's great yeah it's a great uh mix and they, they complement each other um, and like we were talking about Maverick, uh, I, I DM'd you just to get a little more insight. Uh, Maverick is a little more of a coarser, like a rough cut chop. And you were telling me this is, uh, specifically because you could cold brew this, this blend, correct? Right. So the, the, uh, Maverick blend, I, I specifically told them to, gr to grind that one more coarse because I wanted that one to be geared more towards, uh, being made for cold brew. Um, so if anybody that's listening has a cold brew maker at home, you know that if you use really fine grounds in those little mesh filters that you use with the cold brew maker, it bleeds out and gets all 
excuse me, I'm drinking a really good beer right now. Um, a really grungy, like kind of dirt at the bottom of, uh, the bottom of the coffee. And so, um, I told them with the Maverick, I was like, I want this blend, um, ground more coarse so that can be used more for cold brew. But I mean, you can still use it with things like drip coffee or uh, French press and things like that. Uh, and and th- those are the preferred methods or they don't, it doesn't matter with that type of, uh, uh, blend uh, you got the drip or the, the press or the um i, I did the arrow i got the arrow press the french press um, yeah I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter you can use it with any of it right on and the nomad is a finer course uh real fine right yeah so the nomad is again you can use either one for for anything um i just i just uh select different coffees that i offer i just gear them more towards different brew methods but you can use them for whatever you want but the nomad is more fine so you know it um it's better for your drip coffee or your aeropress and things like that and describe the nomad it's got it's got a little bit of a uh like a floral right and then the the cinnamon uh hint on it yeah uh, it's a it's the nomad is actually a kona blend oh there you go um so it's it's very um not really sophisticated enough to to explain the flavor profiles but yeah it, like you said it's, it's very um kind of it's just great black and it's just it's such a great yeah, flavor a little bit sweeter almost i guess you could say yeah yeah smells yeah oh, man it's, it's delicious yeah kona buns are very very extremely smooth yeah i like it i like it they're they're it's coffee if you follow me Coffee is every part of my day. I look forward to it. I post about it. Uh, it's just something I've grown accustomed to as far as routine. I'm all about routine. So it, it, yeah, sure. it's great. Give me my coffee and I'll start my day. Uh, stay, start my day off right. So when we partnered together, it was it was win-win for me. Uh, let me see. Uh, okay. So like you were talking about, um, my next question was, why did you choose mental health? Um, obviously, we got into that a little bit. Um, and I kind of jumped the gun on that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, you know, could, and you could take this either way uh, as being a veteran, uh, seeing a little bit of PTSD, uh, you know, and realizing that not everyone who's a veteran has PTSD, like mental health is an issue. Um, people with depression, ADHD, like there is a problem. It's not being addressed. I don't think money that needs to be channeled to mental health awareness or, uh, quit giving people, uh, drugs. Uh, let's, let's find a better solution rather than just, uh, prescription drugs. So I I do believe mental health is a thing, a a huge, uh, thing that needs to be talked about more. And so for you to take the initiative and say, you know what, this is going to be the purpose of Invicta. I think that's awesome. Uh, talk about this. Um, I mean, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's kind of put on the back burner of pretty much every government organization that's supposed to be handling it. Um, and it's, hmm, how should I word this? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, th- I think there, there's definitely a lot of al- alternative methods to going about mental health that everyone's kind of just flopping at, but there's a, there's a lot of really good organizations out there that are, they're putting their best foot forward and really trying their, their best to, do what they can for those that are suffering. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's taking people like you to say, you know, this is gonna be the purpose of, of, of this to help. So it's great to see. Um, is there any, do you, 
do you donate to uh, random? Do you have a few uh, charities and foundations that you'd like to specifically uh, uh, donate to? Um, I, have a, I have a couple of guys that run uh, foundations that I like to donate to. Um, but I'm always asking, I'm always asking people for coming. I mean, there's, there's so many out there and a lot of them are not as credible as you would like to believe that they are. Um, like there's a few that I refuse, like there's a few really big name foundations that I won't donate to just because of some things that I've heard and I've read that kind of discredit their, um, cause, I guess, or their motives, I should say. Right. Um, be yeah, like, I'm always asking people like, you know, if, you know, if you, would like to see me donate to somebody specifically, let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm, al- I'm always looking around for new, new groups or foundations, but there's a couple that I really like. That's awesome. That's, and that's such a good, uh, you could have chose, I guess, to go to a veteran, um, uh, organization, but you know, it's your company. You decided mental health just as good. Uh, so I, I think it's great. Um, yeah, we'll see where, uh, I'm, I'm really happy where the country's going as far as this whole marijuana thing is headed. Um, I think that will be a huge positive. Not that I'm a pothead. I can't even smoke weed because of my job. I get drug tested, but I think that'll be a huge bonus. Um, I just think it's such a better alternative than prescription drugs. Oh no, me, me, me too, big time. And I, I'm in the same, uh, if you will, boat, if you will. Uh, but psilocybin, um, hallucinogens, I'm all about the, these, uh, mental health researchers to, to look into those. Um, I know the, uh, the VA is looking into using psilocybin on veterans with depression and anxiety. Uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot into that stuff lately. Yeah, I have a coworker who's dependent on, um, he was a Marine, uh, who's dependent on a VA, VA prescribed pills. And you could tell when his pills are not in a system. And it's, it's because of his PTSD. It's a real thing. So, yeah, that's not a good route to go down with prescription medication. It just never really ends well. No, no. And to be dependent on something, it's, it's just, we shouldn't have to function like that. So, uh, big ups to you. Um, I kind of jumped the gun on the question. Um, I just recently kind of, kind of found out that like maybe I was kind of a Folger guys, Folger person to begin with a low, low blend, not to knock on it. Still pretty good. Um, but a bad blend or like a low quality blend and come to find out instant coffee is bad for you. Uh, A lot of histamines. So, uh, I think people don't understand that to drink a high quality coffee is, is pretty, is pretty important. Um, there's good beans out there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty aware of this. Is there anything you can add to that? I mean, yeah, it's, it's I guess it depends. I mean, it, it's just like anything else, you know, you get what you pay for. So, you know, if you're getting a $3 bag of coffee, it's probably not going to be the highest grade, best quality grown coffee bean that you can get, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't know that about instant coffee though. Cause I know black rifle just came out with an instant coffee and I've, uh, I've been talking to a couple other companies that aren't in the coffee industry, but we've talked about doing collaborations and I've been looking into doing an instant coffee and I didn't, I, I haven't really looked into it that much, but I didn't know that. I don't know if it's, I know black rifle probably uses a higher quality bean, uh, bean, but maybe to preserve the, the inst the instant type i i don't know i i probably should have done a little more research before i brought that to the table but um it is i mean it sounds like something that would be true but yeah it might be just kind of like the nest cafe the, the real low quality stuff where it's it's high in histamines obviously people yeah. have a adverse uh uh inflammatory uh reaction but uh it was just yeah. interesting to learn um so uh what kind of goals do you have for 2020 for invicta Oh man, I would really like to hunker down on it. And I mean, the goal is 
shit, quit my day job and do that full time. So that's that's pretty much my goal every day. And this year, if not this year, the next year, if not that, then the year after that. <laughs> one time, one household time, get Invicta as a, a household name, pretty much. I yeah, guess. I mean, I've got I've got a couple new. Um, I mean, right now we, I mean, I literally don't offer, I, I've got two different blends of coffee that I offer on my website and that's it, you know? So it's not like a whole, oh, and a sticker. Sorry. My bad. There you go. <laughs> um, but you know, I've got a, I've got another blend coming. I'm doing a collaboration with another dude. So we got a blend coming for him and then a couple other, a uh, couple other products come to the website pretty soon. And um, yeah, I'm just hopefully spend more time on it in 2021 and see what happens. Sweet. Sweet. And uh, everyone can go and, and, Go straight to an, at Invicta Coffee Co. and you can uh, go to the website from there, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on the link in the yeah the view shop. Oh. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, Spencer. With that being said, uh, you are officially off the grill. Thank you, man. I pre- appreciate yeah. you coming on. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, uh, please go follow my buddy Spencer here at Invicta Coffee Co. Um, little secret: you can use uh, promo code Potty Mouth. One word, and you'll get twenty percent off. Hey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, Spencer, the other Spencer, uh, we are partnered up with this Spencer at Invicta Coffee. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you. I I, lo- I enjoy Invicta Coffee, uh, Spencer. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, tell people where they can find you, and uh, give us uh, give us a salutation, uh, if you will. Um. I only have Instagram. I don't have any other social media. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, honestly, I don't even I don't even know what my Instagram name is. It's Way of S R W A Y O F S R. Um, what was the second part of that question? I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, and don't forget at Invicta Coffee Co. Invicta yeah. Coffee Co. Yeah, it's I always kind of want to say Invicta Coffee, but you want want to forget that. Cool. Yeah, a lot of people want to say Invictus too. A lot of people come and say Invicta. It's Invicta, not Invictus. Yeah, cool. All right, Spencer. Uh, appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your schedule in this uh, this crazy time and and uh, taking away time from your family to 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 open up and and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. We gotta do this again sometime. All right, guys. Thank you uh, for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>